All right. So we're going to uh, continue in the book of Daniel. So go ahead and open up your Bibles to Daniel chapter 1. And um, got to figure out where to put all this stuff. All right. So Daniel chapter 1. And um, so this week I was planning on continuing and, and getting deeper in, into uh, chapter 1 and, and hopefully finishing chapter 1 this week. But that didn't work out. Um, it's just not going to happen. So, um, again, as I was studying, just like last week, as I was studying for this um, and, and trying to, to get some, some background and some backstory for you, God just said, no, I want you to focus on these things. I feel like God wants us to take our time through this study, uh, not rush it, uh, because I think there's a lot of truths in here and a lot of applications um, that can really speak to us especially in this time um, in our culture, in our society, in our country, um, with, with all the things that are going on, I just think it's very important that we understand each concept as we go through them, and that we don't just gloss over things and bypass things. So uh, in, in the book of Daniel, you know, we're talking about you know, uh, how, you know, being courageous, being bold, being wise, having real strength. And uh, last week we talked about when God corrects. Uh, we, we, we looked in verses 1 and 2 about when God corrects, and this week we're going to look at verses 3 through 7, and the, the title of this week is, When You Realize You're in Babylon. If you're taking notes, the title is, When You Realize You're in Babylon. The reason I say that is because Babylon is the, uh, the country, the uh, rulers that come in and, and take over Israel and take them out of their country and bring them into Babylon. Um, and so I'm going to go more into that in just a moment. But just a recap of last week, verses 1 through 2, uh, we talked about when God corrects because of God's judgment. Uh, the people of Israel had to go into exile and they had to be taken into, um, into, into Babylon. Um, and it shows God's judgment, but if you remember, we talked about it also shows His love. And it shows his love because he only corrects his own children. He only takes the time to correct those that belong to him. That shows his love is that he actually, actually corrects and disciplines us. And it's his love and his mercy because he's giving them another chance. You remember we talked about that, that he's giving them another chance. He's not just squashing them off the face of the earth. He's not just saying, well, that was, that was it. That was all you get. And now we're moving on to a next people group. He said, I'm going to give you another chance to get right. And that brings us to where we're at today in verse 3. And, and just to let you know about Babylon, Babylon was a massive world power. Um, in the physical realm of the, of the earth, it was a powerful government. It had a fierce military. They were very rich. They had more than any other nation or country at that time. And they were a conquering kingdom. Now what that means is that they would go out and take over kingdom after kingdom and bring in their people and their uh, goods and their valuables and, and those things to bring them up under the umbrella of Babylon to give them more uh, of a reach across the world. Um, most historians believe that, that this literal Babylon was located in modern-day Iraq. 
Okay, you can see the implications with that, okay? Um, but that is, that's the literal place. And, and I think anybody who's been raised in church or maybe you know, even has had a little bit of Bible study has heard this whole concept of that we live in a world that has kind of two uh, things going on at the same time. We live in a physical world, but there's also a spiritual world, right? We've heard that. that there, there's been talk of that at some point in your life, I'm sure. And so our lives are lived on these two planes of a physical and a spiritual, and God sees both at all times, at the same time. So we have this literal place called Babylon. But the Bible kind of goes a little bit further than just the literal place of Babylon, and it refers to a spiritual kingdom of Babylon. And you say, well, what does that mean? I'm glad you asked. I'm going to tell you. Um, it's the kingdom of the devil and his demons on this earth. And you're like, wow, that's kind of severe. Um, it's, I'm honest, okay? Whenever uh, the devil and his demons decided that they wanted to take over heaven, that he wanted to be in the place of God, God showed his sovereignty and his power and said, no, sir, you're not, and kicked him out, and he, they came down to this earth, and they rule here. This is their counterfeit kingdom that they are trying to establish. There's one thing about the devil you've got to know, is that he's going to constantly try to counterfeit everything that God does. You know what counterfeit means, right? To replicate, to, to have a false um, replication of something, right? Like, I'm in banking. You all know I work at a bank, and so we have sometimes people bringing counterfeit money. It's fake. It's no good. It's worthless. Just like everything else the devil does. It's fake, and it's worthless. Okay? But the Bible speaks of the spiritual kingdom, and, and it goes more in depth in the book of Revelation. We're not going to go into that because it talks about the destruction of, of this spiritual kingdom when, when God comes and, and takes over and kicks the devil out, and it's going to be a glorious day. But at the present time, He is on this earth, and He's created this counterfeit kingdom on earth. And this, this spirit of Babylon that I talk about is responsible for the evil that has infiltrated our society and everything that we know. It, it's what, it's, it's the, 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 the reason why there was Nazi Germany was because of the spirit of Babylon. Uh, the, the, the reason why uh, North Korea and Iran is the way it is. Uh, in, in today's culture, you know, oh, excuse me, I'll go back. Uh, it's responsible for, for slavery. Responsible for the genocide that has happened on this earth. In today's culture, it's in our universities. It's in our schools. It's in our entertainment. It's responsible for human trafficking and abortion. And to this day, it is alive and active and it's trying to destroy God and overthrow His dominion. It's the spirit of Babylon. You might wonder, students, you might sit there and say, you know, why are we studying the book of Daniel? Why are we studying this book that was written probably around like 600 B.C.? Like, it's a really old book. How does it pertain to me? What does it have anything to do with me? And the reason why it's so important that we study uh, the book of Daniel, books like Daniel, is because the same devil that tried to take down God and his kingdom and is behind Babylon is at work in our culture. It is at work in our culture, and it's just as serious as He was to kill, steal, and destroy us. 
Because that's the only thing the devil knows how to do. Kill, steal, and destroy. But, students, we also serve the God of the universe. And the God of the universe is in control. He is sovereign over all things. And He is the same God that Daniel served and the same God that empowered Daniel to stand in the face of the surrounding culture and stand for God. There was a lot of influences on Daniel and his three friends to succumb to the way of Babylon. But through the power of God and God alone, were they able to stand up against the culture that they were in. So let's read uh, in the Word of God, Daniel chapter 1, verse 3. Then the king commanded Ashpenaz, his chief eunuch, to bring some of the people to it, some of the people of Israel, both of the royal family and of the nobility, youths without blemish, of good appearance, and skillful in all wisdom, endowed with knowledge, understanding, learning, and competent to stand in the king's palace, and to teach them the literature and language of the Chaldeans. So just the fact that they have like eunuchs. It just shows how fierce they are. I'm not going to go into what that means, but it's, it just shows that they're a fierce, fierce military. That they would do that to someone to make them serve them. Okay, But King Nebuchadnezzar and Babylon, they had a very unique way of taking over these kingdoms. Okay, The first thing that they would do is they would invade and take over, which they've already done to this point. Right? They've already gone in, they've already taken over, they've already brought, brought them out of their land and put them in Babylon. Then, what they would do is they would take the best of the best. They would take the rulers, children, and their families. He would take the most attractive, charismatic, the smartest, the strongest, the most athletic young people in the culture. People around your age. So some of you might fall into this category. You might be the most attractive, maybe. You may be the most charismatic, the smartest, the strongest, the most athletic. You would be primed for the picking for King Nebuchadnezzar and the people of Babylon. And what they would do was, they would take these, these students, your age, they would take them away from their parents and their families, and they would start to indoctrinate them in the ways of the Babylonians. They would learn their languages, learn their customs, learn their history, and learn their gods. Did you catch the word I used? They would indoctrinate them. They would feed them with the knowledge that only they wanted this. Okay. All this other knowledge over here, that's good and that's fine over there, but this is the knowledge that we're going to pump into you. And we're going to indoctrinate you to think a certain way so that when, when certain situations happen, you're going to think our way and not that way. That's indoctrination. And so they're going to teach them all about the Babylonian history and their language and their gods. Going to verse 5, it says, The king assigned them a daily portion of the food that the king ate and of the wine that he drank. They were to be educated for three years, and at the end of that time, they were to stand before the king. They were getting food and wine. They were getting the best of the best food and drink. 
I mean, if it's fit for a king, it's got to be good, right? I mean, these are the choice meats. This is like going to the Brazilian steakhouse, and they just keep bringing it out, man. And they just keep bringing it out, and it's delicious, and it's, and it's cooked, you know, medium rare the way God intended it, and it's just, it's just amazing. They just keep bringing it. Now, now a little side note here about the, the meat is that the meats were used in idol sacrifices. The meats were used in idol sacrifices, and the meats were considered unclean by Jewish customs. The Jewish customs that God gave them. So as a young Jewish young man, he should not be eating this. None of them should. And they shouldn't be drinking the wine either. But they're, they're giving it to them, and no one's there to tell them no. There's no parent to say, no, you shouldn't do that. There's no aunt or uncle to say, well, your parents might get mad. None of those things. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. And you know what the, these people start thinking? They start thinking, well, it can't be that bad here, right? Babylonia, ba- Babylon can't be that bad. I mean, they're taking care of us. They're giving us the king's food. The king's drink. They're, they're hooking us up. Not only that, they're getting a free education. They're going to the University of Babylon on a full ride. They're getting a free government-funded education. Room and board, full meal plan, everything's covered. And at the end, it says they're going to stand before the king. Now what that means is they're going to stand before the king and he's going to place them in a position to serve. they got job placement. they got a job the rest of their life. In the government. You're taken care of, man. These guys can't be that bad, can they? They're giving us free food, free education, a job that will take care of us forever. How bad can they be? And then, the king, after they decide, okay, who's going where? Okay, you're going to stay here. You're going to go to and serve over there. You're going to do that. So then they would uh, divvy them up, and then they would go back, and in many instances, they would rule over their own people. But this time, they would rule over them as converts to the Babylonian way of life. So now they're going to serve the king and fall in line with, fall in line with the culture and influence the people to do the same thing. Thing. Do y'all understand what's going on? Are y'all seeing it? I'm laying it very, very clear. The reason they did this is evident. It is far easier to rule over people that have been changed on the inside and turned into a sheep of culture and entitlement. It is easier to rule over people that have been changed on the inside and turn into a sheep of culture and entitlement. Someone who has bought into the Babylonian way of life. They're bought in, man. The Babylon way is the way to go. It's easier to rule that type of person than it is someone who still believes in the ways of another kingdom. 
See, the, the children of Israel, they, they knew what they should do. They knew that the God that they served was the one and only God. They had heard the stories of, of coming out of Egypt. They heard about the Red Sea parting. They heard about the walls of Jericho breaking down. They heard all these things about God fulfilling His promises over and over again. And if they still have that mentality, they are dangerous to the ways of Babylon. That's dangerous. We can't have them thinking for themselves. We can't have them thinking that that way of life is correct. We can't have them questioning authority. Have y'all ever heard the story about how to catch and domesticate a wild pig? Y'all ever heard that? How to catch and domesticate a wild pig? So wild pigs, you know, they live out in the in the woods or the forest or whatever you want to call it. You know, if it's once upon a time, it's a forest. If it's a country story, it's in the woods. So these wild pigs are out there, and you find where they kind of hang out and congregate. And then you go and you, you just put food down in a spot. Every day, you go to the same spot, you put food there every day. After a while, they just start coming together. And that's where they're going to go to get their free handout, their free food. And then you... Put one wall, just one wall around where their food goes. Now, at first, it's a little, eh, there's free food. And they don't care about the wall. I'm getting my free food. And then you put up another wall. Now it's kind of an L-shaped. And at first, they're like, eh, eh, it's free food. So they get more food. Then you put up the third wall. And finally, finally, you know where this is going, Finally, when they all come together to get that food, you slap that fourth wall, fourth wall, and now they're trapped. But who cares? They're just getting free food anyway. And now they're domesticated. They're docile. They don't care. They don't want to go anywhere. They, you keep feeding them, man, I'll keep sitting here and taking it in. That's what they're doing in Babylon. They're making things seem so pretty and shiny and good. Oh, this is so great. Oh, this will fulfill everything. We're going to give you free food, free education, free place to live, a job, a job placement. I mean, man, we're taking care of you. Isn't that great of the government? Wall, wall, wall. Now you're trapped, and they own you. That's what, that's what Babylon did. Do you see the parallels here, students? Do you? The enemy, our enemy, the devil, has slowly worked his way into every avenue of our lives. Every avenue. In our education, in our entertainment, our families, our churches, our governments, our habits, our culture, our phones, our conversations, our plans, our concept of creation, our concept of gender, our definition of marriage. He has infiltrated himself into every avenue of our life. And we as Christians, we as the chosen, we as those that are followers of Christ, we're so used to it, we're so used to it, 
just keep being fed and keep being fed. We're so used to it. We have no problems with it anymore. Hey, hey, it is what it is. It is what it is. That's just the way of life. You just have to accept it. There's no point in fighting it. That's just the way it is. Modern day Nebuchadnezzar, modern day Nebuchadnezzar, has taught us from our youth that the spirit of Babylon isn't that bad. It's just not that bad. Here's just a few ways. Just a few ways. We've been indoctrinated by our television shows. We've been indoctrinated by our television shows. I'm not going to go into the full history of it, but it started with little things like an absent or worthless father. Who needs a dad in the house? Or if he is there, he's an idiot and doesn't know how to do anything. And no one listens to him anyway, and the mom's constantly trying to figure out ways to lie to him. Or single parent. Yay, single moms. You don't need dads. You don't need them. You don't need a male figure in your life. And then, and then it went on to single people that sleep around and sit around and talk about it and joke about it because it's no big deal. It's just sex. Ha, 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 funny, funny, funny. Then we had openly gay characters who overcome prejudices and become a hero. It, it's happening, right? It happened. Past tense. And, and then we have commercials with transgendered couples and their children. And now, now there's a TV show with children dressed in drag being raunchy and seductive. It's there. You see how this built slowly? It started with you don't need a father to child pornography. And it happened slowly, students. Slowly. It didn't happen all at once. But now we accept all those things as that's just the way it is. It is what it is. That's just the way of the world. It's in our education. Oh boy, is it in our education, students. See, they used to teach creation. And in some schools, they still do, like this school, Christian schools, home schools, primarily, that's it. <laughs> they would teach creation, that God created all things, that there is a plan and a purpose for everything because God created it to have that. That nature has a purpose, that we have a purpose, that male and female have special things about them that make them different and special and in the eyes of God. But now we teach evolution in the Big Bang. We're all just a cosmic accident. This was all a mistake. This was a cosmic accident. Now listen, this is how science describes it. That occurred due to something that is scientifically impossible. Explain that. The Big Bang is scientifically impossible based on every scientific principle and fact. But they teach it as gospel truth. They used to teach that what, uh, what made men and women different and unique and special. Everyone has a place and a role and something to do. 
Now, it doesn't matter what your genetics are. It matters more about your feelings. Let your feelings tell you what you are. You don't feel like a boy? Okay, you can be a girl. Because there's no more he, there's no more she, there's they. We don't want definitive pronouns to say that you're a boy or a girl. It's they. And quite frankly, students, if you believe in evolution, the Big Bang, we're all a mistake anyway, so why not? We're just all, it's just one big cosmic mistake. So you're an accident, by the way. You're a mistake. So be whatever you want to be, because it's all a mistake anyway. That's what the culture teaches. It's in our entertainment. Do I really have to go there? I think you understand how it works in the movies, right? But have you considered how our phones and social media has caused our society to allow Babylon into our hearts? Have you thought about it? No, you probably haven't. We have instant access to things that used to take effort, and in fact, we used to hide them. People of all ages are addicted to pornography more than ever. True. People of all ages are addicted to themselves more than ever. I mean, how many selfies of yourself do you need? How into you are you? We are so in love with ourselves, or at least what we think about ourselves. It might not be the reality, but we create this fake reality in our head of who we are. We're so in love with this fake person that we can't see our need for God anymore. We can't see our need for God. Why? Because you're so important and you're so amazing. You can't be a sinner. You can't have a dirty, rotten heart because my selfies make me look beautiful and it's all about me. I don't need God. God needs me. That's our society. That's the spirit of Babylon. And students, we need to recognize that we live in Babylon before it's too late and Babylon lives in us. We need to recognize that we live in Babylon before it's too late and Babylon lives in us. See, the enemy tries another tactic. And he tried it with Daniel and his friends. Let's read verses 6 and 7. It says... Among these were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah of the tribe of Judah. Now that means that they are the cream of the crop. I mean, these are the best of the best. The tribe of Judah was like the tribe to be a part of, okay? It says, And the chief of the eunuchs gave them names. Daniel he called Belshazzar, Hananiah he called Shadrach, Mishael he called Meshach, and Azariah he called Abednego. Now we know these three more by that name, right? Or if you watch VeggieTales, it was Radshack and Benny. Okay? You know those names. Right? We know them by these Babylonian names. But see, the eunuch here, led by the king, led by the culture, tried to change their names. He tried to change their identity and who they were. And when I tell you what these names mean, you'll understand it a little bit better, but he's counterfeiting praise for God 
for praise for idols. Now, what do I mean by that? Because, let me tell you what their names meant and tell you what their new names mean. The name Daniel means God will judge. And that's how Daniel lived his life. One day God will judge, and I want to be standing before him, and I want to say that my life was lived for him. So I'm going to live my life here on this earth because I care what God thinks and not what everybody else thinks. Daniel means God will judge. Belshazzar, his new name, means may Bel protect his life, or Baal. That was one of their fake false idols. Hananiah means Jehovah is gracious, or the Lord, Yahweh, is gracious. What a cool name. Your name means God is gracious. Shadrach means illuminated by sun god, or Aku, which is another one of their false gods. They're replacing God with idols. Do you all see it? Do you see it? Please nod your head yes. Okay. Michelle means who is like God, or who is what God is. Meshach is who is like Venus. Azariah is Jehovah hath helped, or the Lord Yahweh hath helped. Abednego means servant of Nego or Nebo. You see how he counterfeited praise for God for praise for idols? They tried to label them how the culture saw fit. And really, it would be really easy for these guys to go with the flow. To just be who the culture wanted them to be regardless of what they knew was true. Did you catch that? It was easy for them just to go with and be what culture wanted them to be regardless of what they knew was true. Regardless of how they were raised. Regardless of what they were taught. Of what their parents showed and taught them of what has happened in the past and how faithful God has been up to that point. They can say, forget all that. I care more about what these people over here think about me than what the God of the universe thinks about me. And you know what? If they lived in today's society, it would be expected of them to go with the flow. These four guys, like I said, were teenagers. In our culture... It's expected to be impressionable. You're expected just to go with the flow. You're expected to care more about acceptance than integrity and character. I'm going to repeat that one. It's expected to care more about acceptance than integrity and character. If you don't know what that means, Google what integrity means. It'd be real easy for them to enjoy the free food, the free wine, accept the free stuff, regardless of their source or if it fell within their dietary restrictions given by God. Get a free education, even if it went against everything they knew to be true. Get a high-ranking paying job if they just fall in line with the cultural expectations to proudly wear the label given to them by the spirit of Babylon. Hey! It's just kids being kids. They're just trying to fit in, to belong. They're just trying to find their place in the world. Excuses. 
Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah never referred to themselves by their Babylonian names. I think that's important. They never once referred to themselves that way. Because they did not allow the culture to define them or change them. Students, I want you to understand something that no one but God gets to define who you are. You understand that? God is the only one who gets to define who you are. He created you. He bought you with His precious blood. So He is the only one who gets to do it. You are not your past. You are not your addictions. You are not your cravings. You're not your orientation. And you're not the label that everyone wants to give you. You're not those things. You're not uh, a mistake. You're not a cosmic accident. God made you for a purpose. He has a plan for your life. And the number one purpose is to have a relationship with Him through Jesus Christ and what He did on the cross. And the Bible then says, whenever they said, hey Jesus, what's the most important thing you should do? Love God and love others. That's your purpose. See, God gets to define you and say who you are. Some of the things He calls you, He calls you loved. Oh, praise God. Because John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes, whoever believes, sh shall not perish but have everlasting life. Romans 5.8, For God demonstrates or God shows us His love in that while we were still sinners, even though we were enemies with Him, He died for us so that we could be made right with Him. You are loved. He calls you His child. That once you accept that, that, that free gift of salvation through Jesus Christ, that now you are a child of God. The Bible says that you are a co-heir with Christ. Whoa, that should blow your mind. A co-heir with Christ? You realize that Christ is given, He was given everything. The whole world was made for Him. And He says that you're a co-heir. You're a child of the living God, of the King of kings. He says that you were chosen. You were chosen. He handpicked you. You were adopted by the king. It says that you are a chosen royal priesthood. It's, the Bible says that Jesus, that God takes the first step, that He calls out to you, and then you respond to His call. And that is how you get saved, by the Holy Spirit taking the first step. You are chosen by God. He calls us an image bearer of Himself. That everyone is an image bearer of God. That means everyone has a purpose. Everyone is important. Everyone is special. Everyone has something that they are on this earth for. You're an image bearer of Christ. Everybody is, no matter your race, creed, color, nationality, socioeconomic status. You're an image bearer of God. That means that there should be no hate. No, there should be no racism. That means there should be no sexism. No, None of those things. Because we're all representatives of God. He calls us more than conquerors. More than conquerors. See, when you conquer something, you go home and then you just go home. You won, but, and that's great. It's a great feeling and you go home. But when you're more than a conqueror, see, we're, we're a child of the king. We go home with the king. We get the spoils of war. We are more than conquerors.
That is who you are. Hello there. This is Chris Cumby. Uh, I don't normally do this uh, where I speak directly to the listeners, uh, but when I was recording this message, my phone decided that it was going to stop right here. Um, and I didn't want you to think that that's where the message left, um, that that was the end. But there was uh, a few minutes afterwards, and I just wanted to share those thoughts with you, uh, just so you know how the message ends. Uh, before I do that, I do want to say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Uh, I greatly appreciate it. Um, and in fact, I hope to do some more um, things like this, where I just talk to you and uh, maybe you know do that every other week or something of that nature. Uh, but anyway, I just wanted to say again, thank you so much for listening. I greatly appreciate it. Um, if you have anyone that would benefit from this, I just ask that you share it with them. Um, and it's all for the glory of God. It's not for my my um, glory or my edification, but it's just to bring glory and honor to God. And and I pray that that this um, that these recordings of the messages has been a blessing to you. But uh, anyway, in, in the message, we just uh, I just finished talking about um, how Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah uh, didn't refer to themselves by their Babylonian names and that it did not allow their culture to define or change them. Um, and also, their loyalty never wavered. They would honor God regardless of the consequences, regardless of the threats, regardless of the rejection. Um, and one thing I wanted everyone to realize is these guys weren't perfect. Okay, they were just like us. You know, um, they, they made mistakes, of course, but they had faith in a perfect, sovereign God. Um, they knew that as God's chosen people, He was and is the true King, and their allegiance would always be to Him and to Him alone. Daniel and the three believed God. They believed his promises. And and why why did they believe him and his promises? And, and the reason why is because God had always kept his promises. Always. Um, and they had faith in the promise of a coming Messiah. Um, they, they were told about the coming Messiah. And so they had faith that he would be there. And we are on the other side of that. Um, you know, Jesus Christ... The Messiah, God in flesh, came to this earth. He died on the cross to pay in full the debt of sin for all of mankind. And if you believe in him and give him your life and allegiance, you are now a part of the family, the chosen, a child of God. And your home is not here, but it's in heaven. So no matter what happens in the world around us, no matter what happens in the culture or what the culture says, or how we are labeled, we are a child of the sovereign God, of the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and no one can take us out of his hand. So the point of, of the message, the point of all of it, is we live in Babylon, but it doesn't have to live in us. That is reserved for Jesus and him alone. We live in Babylon, but it doesn't have to live in us that is reserved for Jesus and him alone and if if you're a Christian and you have allowed Babylon into your heart um, maybe you let it seep in just remember that only Jesus 
gets to live there. Jesus is the only one who is allowed to be in your heart. Now, just to remind you, we live in Babylon, but it doesn't have to live in us. And if you're not a Christian, then according to the word, you're a part of Babylon. And just as a warning, it's going nowhere and you will be disappointed. So the only way to have peace, joy, acceptance, and purpose is changing your citizenship to heaven by joining the family of God. Again, thank you so much for listening. Please like, share, subscribe. Um, and if, if you have any questions or prayer requests, uh, please, please, please let me know. I'd be, I would love to pray uh, for you and your, your specific need. Um, but thank you again. God bless you. And uh, we will see you next week.